Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Hello and welcome to the Dave Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm here to break down every episode of the hit FXX comedy series. If you're a fan of Lil Dicky and his unique brand of hilarious, reverent comedy, then this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's submerge ourselves into the world of Dave. On this episode, I am talking about Season 3, Episode 6, Hashtag R.I.P. Lil Dicky. This aired May 3rd, 2023, directed by Ben Sinclair. In this episode, this is a very explosive episode. Wink, wink. Dave is tired of how his work is being taken and then and then the way some of his fans are acting he wants to do a rebrand on everything uh and what starts as a rebrand becomes more of a resurrection because in this episode lil dicky dies or does he it's a great episode and uh coming off of the last episode which was kind of a horror themed episode very very had that suspense thriller type of uh, energy to it uh it's still this episode has a little moment of that uh, but for the most part it's a great episode where we have the whole gang you know if if this were to be categorized in that kind of format that it feels like the show has been uh doing in the previous episodes of the season where it's focused on dave and one other character this would be dave and Mike, who are the focus. Uh, but we do have the whole gang evol- involved with this episode. Great episode. Uh, so let's get started on the breaking down of this episode. It starts off with we're seeing footage from the documentary that Emma has been filming. You have Dave providing the voiceover, kind of talking about what he thought tour the tour was going to be. <clears throat> Uh, you know, versus making music at home, you know, talking about the fans kind of ruining it for the rest of them while out, you know, while the country we're living in is eating itself alive. Uh, Dave up on stage telling jokes, you know, he's not sure that he still thinks they're funny, right? Just he's really having a moment where he's reconsidering everything that he's doing and his decisions and all of that. Seeing the reality versus the fictional romantic ideal of what tour is. Uh, He is upset with what the reality of tour is and seeing how his work is being interpreted. As we saw a big theme of last the last episode you can't choose who your fans are you can't choose how people will choose to interpret your work and because of that he's having a kind of a crisis and uh you know he thought the tour would be more about him living his life when in reality it's more about him just trying to survive so he's focused on rebranding he wants to rebrand cut to dave watching the doc on the laptop and telling everybody on the bus that he can't do it anymore. And Mike kind of clarifies what Dave is trying to say is that he wants to cancel the rest of the tour. And of course, Els is not happy. Of course, Gaeta wouldn't be happy either. Right? This they, they are all on tour. They are all part of this machine that is is going and on tour. And they all have a lot to gain from this tour as well. Emma doing this documentary. Els needing the money from the publishing that he is currently not getting. Of course, Gata wanting to increase his brand invisibility, opening for Dave. All of these things uh, are impacted when Dave kind of has this change. And we see that they are driving through Death Valley. So, you know. Not not the greatest place to be uh, deciding to have a big change of life, I guess. Uh, but Dave tells them everything will be okay. He's trying to calm them all down. You know, obviously Dave always positive, always thinking that his choices are going to lead to the best outcomes. Then starts talking about Lincoln 
and everything that Lincoln went through, comparing himself, as Dave does, to other people that are far more influential on society. Uh, but Dave comparing himself to Lincoln. Emma that says that she doesn't even know what this dock is if they stop the tour now. She refers to it as being half-baked. And then Dave tells her everything isn't content. And Gate is like, everything is content. And Dave says it's like he's not content and he's not content right dave doesn't want to be considered this content generator type of a guy and then you see mike get a text from this guy named kenny who is we find out it's his brother asking if the tour is ending and mike replies uh that they'll be back in a few days and thanks him for covering uh with dad so some issue with Mike's dad, his brother taking over. Mike's coming back into town. Gonna, They're handing off the dad like a baton and a relay race. And they have a call into the label, I would imagine, in regards to canceling this tour. Dave saying he needs some time to collect himself. He's worried about the fans. Meanwhile, Mike is telling him, right, he needs this time to prep, make sure everything's hooked up to the Wi-Fi properly. And, you know, Mike's trying to, you know, at least tell Dave that he understands, right, understands why Dave wants to cancel uh, the tour for mental health, you know, relates to what Justin Bieber did, canceling his tour for mental health. And Mike supports him, right? That is one thing that we see within the show, whether it's Gata having a crisis or, or Dave having a crisis, there are people there that, or L's having an issue, Mike being there. It's like people are, are definitely supportive within this crew, despite the fact, you know, a lot of things aren't in their control. But he tries to, you know, comfort Dave as best he can. Um, <clears throat> and you get this call from Keith, right? Instead of who they thought they were going to be talking to on the phone, it's clearly the label. Keith, probably the guy in charge, the head guy in charge of this situation. Somebody they didn't expect they would be talking to. And Keith isn't happy. He's not happy about it, right? He reminds them how much of a pain Dave has already been from the jail song that Dave still likes and thinks is amazing to the issues they had in Korea. Dave is agreeing with him. You know, he's like, yes, I understand. I've been tough to deal with. Uh, Keith complains about him not promoting his own album when they were on the VMAs, right? And that he did some song with this Gator guy. Who's this Gator guy? And Gator hears him. Of course, he's on speakerphone. Gator hears him. He's like, it's Gator, right? And as it's, Keith isn't happy that he's on speakerphone, next thing you know, the bus breaks down, right? Keith tells them that he's going to get the lawyers involved right and he doesn't like he doesn't believe in little dicky this whole little dicky shit anymore like he's he's so over this whole thing it's been nothing but a headache and they you know they're into their advance uh and they're not fulfilling their contracts apparently this is the first kind of breach of contract they've had issues with so they're he's threatening to get the lawyers involved and Dave's trying to sell him, right? They're all getting off the bus because it broke down. And Dave's trying to sell him. It's like, I've got this plan. I've got this whole plan to rebrand. Of course, Dave, in his head, he has all of these ideas and things and directions that he wants to take it. And everything is all about Dave being able to convince people to believe in him as well. Believe in the ideas that Dave already believes in. And he's trying to sell Keith on these ideas. And Keith tells him again, take me off speakerphone, right? And Mike is just ta talking now to Keith on the phone by himself. Dave trying to get close enough because he can't hear, trying to hear, overhear what, what he's saying. And while Mike is trying to convince Keith, right, that he will get everything under control, Mike's going to take care of it, the bus explodes. I was not expecting a massive explosion to be happening at any time. Thankfully, everybody was off the bus, right, you see Cliff kind of on the other side of the bus. Dave goes running over to help Cliff. 
Meanwhile, Mike is yelling at Dave to get away from the bus. It's going to, you know, who knows it's going to explode again, right? Dave going to try and save Cliff and get him out of the harm's way, right? Cliff is blaming the rats that got into it. Els is pissed because his laptop is gone, right? It was on the bus. All of his work is gone. Everything he was working on is gone. The only thing he has, really, Emma points to how lucky they all were, and she still has her camera, thankfully, so she's still able to continue this documentary in whatever version. I mean, I assume all the footage is on her. I assume, right? She didn't lose anything, but she has a camera. But she at least points out this, like, we are lucky that we were none of us were on that bus. And Mike is worried about how much the bus is going to cost. Like, we just had this call with this guy who's mad. He's going to get the lawyers involved. We're going to be stuck with the costs now. And this is just another thing that he's like, this is going to this is going to ruin everything. And Dave's like saying, who cares about the cost of this bus? Like, we could have died. Who cares about all this little dicky shit? Like, he was already over it, already looking past it, looking to rebrand. And it's like, this is just, okay, this is the the moment where it's just fuck everything. And, of course, Gaeta instantly going to record an IG. That's his first thought, like, as Gaeta is. Like, he's always, he's the content generator. He likes making content. And that's his first thought after this, as narrowly being exploded in the tour bus which I never expected cut to the gang walking down this empty stretch of road in death Valley, right? It's just this two lane road out in the middle of nowhere desert, not the place you want to be stranded, right? Gata mentions that his medicine was on the bus. Dave tries to relate to that by saying his Adderall was on the bus. Uh, Cliff blames them for attracting the rats, which he says is the cause of that whole thing. And then you see Gata pouring their one bottle of water over his head. And Emma is like, what are you doing? Like, we are stranded in a desert. And Gata's like, is that the kind of situation we're in? It's like, he's just so unaware of the reality of their situation. It's just like, oh, man, just like the worst. You're stranded out in the middle of the desert. And you have a guy that has no idea the severity of this. They're in Death Valley. He uses the the last bit of water to just cool off as he's walking down the street i'd be so pissed i'd be so pissed cut to them or cut back to the exploded bus the exploded remains of the bus and these two random guys show up right and uh they don't have any idea like the the remains of the bus you can still see little dicky the word little dicky and you see a picture of dave Right, they don't know who Little Dicky is, but they're recording the charred remains of this bus, right? And uh, they say guy filming has no idea who he is, but but says R.I.P. Little Dicky, right? Starting the hashtag R.I.P. Little Dicky. And while filming, he sees these legs poking out from part of the wreckage, the sex doll torso from the first season. Apparently, Dave had brought that on the tour bus, and now it looks like there is a dead body under some of the the carnage of this bus. The floppy legs torso that uh, that Allie discovered Dave or discovered Dave trying to hide in the shower in that for the first season. Cut to the gang ends up making it to a diner, absolutely exhausted. The place has Wi-Fi, and everybody's phones start blowing up when they connect to the Wi-Fi. Els runs up and tells Dave that everyone thinks he's dead and shows him the video with the little sex legs poking out. And Emma asks Dave how many Instagram followers Dave has. Dave's like, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to that. And gives a very exact answer of like, I think it was like a hundred and or eight hundred and forty-seven thousand. And she's like, Well, now it's up to two point nine million. So it's like, holy shit, right? He's the number one trending topic on on Twitter, right? Mike is speechless, and he kind of gets up and tells Dave they need to talk outside. Then he grabs everybody's phones. 
All right, Mike's got an idea. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about, are you a fan of art, movies, and all things entertainment? Then you need to check out youtube.com slash inspireddisorder. Our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content, including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings. But that's not all. We also feature daily episodes from The Ray Taylor Show, a podcast that brings you movie reviews, TV show reviews, episode recaps, opinion opinions on news and entertainment and much more there's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories and if that wasn't enough we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics so why wait head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer and now back to the show and Dave wants his phone back. Obviously, he wants to tell people, especially his mom, that he's not dead. And Mike has a plan, right, to just let it go. Just, like, let this rumor keep going. Let's not, let's not, let's not stop this rumor yet, right? And he's telling, Mike's telling him, he's like, their streams are way up right now. They are going to recoup the label's losses in a day easily right this is what mike is like we have an opportunity to save this situation financially which if they don't they are screwed right so mike is immediately seeing the potential of what they can use this event uh to help themselves and in hearing that that they are going to potentially recoup the losses from the label in a single day that gets dave's attention Right. And then Mike brings up L's. Right. He's going to get money from all these publishing on all those tracks. And he's broke as shit. Right. He's got Elma, Emma's filming them. And it's like you see Emma inside filming their conversation from inside the diner. So she can't see what they're saying, but she's filming them having this conversation outside of the diner. And then Mike brings up Emma's doc. Right. And he wants to use this to help them all, right? Mike's like selling this idea and how this idea of letting this rumor go can help everybody. It will be benefit to everybody. And he's making some good points. The RIP, hashtag RIP Lil Dicky, is already trending. So what's the difference between coming out now to reveal he's alive or tomorrow? What's the difference between now and tomorrow morning, right? Aside from... At getting out that he wants to intentionally possibly stage this whole thing, right? Like the idea if they find out that he knew this was trending, there could be rumors that he did this on purpose, right? That is a theory that could happen that he staged this whole fake death thing in order to get publicity if this comes out. And it's like Dave did tell the label that he had a plan for this rebranding, right? So it's the seeds have been planted for that to be a possible narrative somebody could run with. And Dave says it's like playing with fire and wishes he had his Adderall because he can't process all this shit. And Mike's like, just let me process it, right? You don't need to think that. That's what I'm here for. And that's one big theme of this season is Dave trusting the people that he works with, trusting Emma to direct the music video, trusting Mike to run the business, right? And now Mike is asking him to trust him. And he Dave doesn't like this idea, right? And he doesn't like this idea of the work, the music that he doesn't even believe in anymore, getting all this popularity. Right. He's like, there's a whole reason we wanted to rebrand. He was didn't like he didn't believe in the music anymore. Didn't like what that music and now that is the music that is getting popular. And then Mike makes a good point. You know, what's what's a better rebrand than coming back from the dead? Right. It's it's this is like a, a perfect opportunity to do whatever changes you want. It's like a win win in every situation, aside from the re, the truth coming out and potential backlash from the truth and also the potential fake spins on the truth that can happen that would be more malicious thinking that they planned the explosion you know 
So Dave asked Mike for his phone to tweet that he's alive, right? And then Mike instead shows him that Dave just got followed by LeBron James, right? And that that stopped Dave's like, okay, this is like this is a big thing, right? And in my mind, the biggest hurdle is trying to keep Gata from posting, right? The dude, after the explosion, his first thought was like, I'm going to do an IG thing on this, right? He is a guy who, like, can't, like, he he wanted to make content while, like, the debris from the bus was still falling back to earth. Like, that's how fast he was ready to make content on the the event so it's like that's the biggest worry or at least i thought that that gata would be the potential guy to let the cat out of the bag as it were and dave finding out lebron james is following him start he starts to cry he starts to get emotional right mike kind of comforts him and says you know maybe drake will be next right this is an emotional time for for Dave because it's like oh like he's seeing the effects of this popularity that's happening. And Dave's like okay, one night. And he's like the moment that I have to lie, I'm out. I'm done with this whole thing. And Mike's like, "Well, do you see any lies? I don't see any lies." So Mike goes in, gets the crew, right? day while mike is in getting the crew out of there it's like we got to get out of here we got to get away from people dave's still sitting down kind of gets grabs two fistfuls of hand sand and then throws them up into the air like lebron james does with powder before he goes onto the court right he's hearing lebron james follows him he's like oh this is this is my moment and he has this lebron james throwing shit into the air moment right but as they leave somebody left headphones with the ld logo on the table and you see the server gets them and the all i'm thinking is there's always something in these episodes that's going to stress me out right i can't just have a normal fun episode like there always has to be something stressful right the moment that dave points out rick ross has a an expensive chain on his neck i know that's going to go bad the moment they conspire to keep the rumor of his death going in this episode i already know things are gonna go bad and then i see this the headphones like i'm thinking gata is gonna let it slip this headphone thing that's gonna be like so i'm already stressed out right i'm like this maybe this whole thing is gonna end with dave in jail right he's gonna he's gonna fulfill the prophecy of his jail song he's actually gonna be in, in jail i don't know i'm just waiting for this whole thing to blow up in their face cut to dave on the phone so they leave and now they're all calling people dave's on the phone with his mom and of course neither of them have heard the news yet they're they have no idea and the way dave is like they are not completely understanding the situation and dave's trying to convince her not to go online to cancel their plans to do all these things to go along with this thing that they don't know he's alive or dead and they don't fully understand. And Dave's just kind of just trying to steamroll it and just be like, okay, trying to get off as soon as possible. It's like the worst kind of communication you can have when you're trying to conspire with somebody. Of course. So he tells them to stay off their phones, don't do anything, which requires them to cancel plan their dinner plans, right? And this is complete miscommunication going on. Right, which is the the worst ingredient to have when you're trying to have a, con a successful conspiracy. Rushing to get off the phone. And then you have Els getting off the phone with his sister. Els asks Mike if he called his dad. And, you know, the way Mike answers seems like dad's his dad may have dementia or Alzheimer's. And maybe that's why his brother was taking care of him. Um and then Gata called his people, right? And he found out that they're top 20 on Spotify. Emma called Allie. So everybody's calling everybody. It's like, this is the worst thing to do if you want to keep this uh, believable. But everybody's calling the important people, right, that they want to know. Emma calls Allie, and Allie demands to hear everybody's voices before she believes that they're okay. 
And of course, Allie is crying. She's the one, like the emotional, rightly so, thinking uh, thinking that her best friend Emma died, thinking that her ex Dave died with their friends still, right? Thinking of all these people that she knows and she loves are dead. She is probably the most like correct response for this as she's emotional and when she hears their plan she's like you need to tell people that you're not dead and mike grabs the phone and hangs up on her and he's like we're not this is not she's not she's not going to help this this conspiracy we're trying to get going then they say they need some cash and ask if anybody has cash everybody's like no nobody has cash right Mike's worried about credit cards being traced, but not worried at all about all the calls that they just made, right? Cliff points out that there's a pawn shop, and Mike asks if anybody has anything to pawn. Gata says he ain't got shit. Meanwhile, Gata is drip is dripped out with, like, chains, and every ring has a finger on it, right? He has everything to pawn, and he's not too happy about it, <laughs> you know? But cut to them. They get a motel. They obviously pawned some of, I don't really think we even see the rest of the gang. Mike and, and Dave get their own room. Everybody else gets uh, separate rooms or whatever. But they are in a motel. And you see everybody just kind of scrolling through the different messages on Twitter. right? And then Mike gets a text from Kenny about his dad being good with him coming home soon. Dave sees the the guy from... Atlanta the 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 rappers from Atlanta that he did a track with that they put out a track that he did with them he's like oh that's great he's like happy about seeing that right Dave's really just seeing how everybody is reacting to see how everybody would react to his death right and then Mike notices the post Malone put out a I'm drunk acoustic remix which you know I'm what I'm worried about while they're all thing is like somebody's going like I'm just worried I'm, I'm waiting for something to make this blow up in their face. And while they're all scrolling social media, my big worry is somebody's going to like something, right? Somebody's going to come back from the dead and like a post by accident. And that's how it's like. I'm just looking for every opportunity this can blow up. But Dave is pissed, right? He wants to get that song taken down, right? Then Mike has this idea to hold out for more than a day. Right, because nothing new got released that week. It's a Tuesday, right? The Billboard scores stopped counting streams on Thursday, right? So it's a, a nothing week. They have the news. They are the big news, and they're getting all this traffic. So Dave asks if he has a shot at hitting number one, and Mike's like, he's been running the numbers, and the album Penith. And his song, I Drunk, I'm Drunk, can both hit number one at the same time, right? Telling Dave exactly what he wants to hear. And Dave brings up the only way he would be satisfied in his life is to have a number one on Billboard charts. And Mike knows this, right? Dave still guess it, second guessing the whole plan. But then Dave sees that Drake liked his last tweet. And then Dave's like, I got to DM Drake. I got to DM Drake, right? He knows, He now he knows me. I'm on Drake's radar. And Mike, he's like threatening to DM him and LeBron. It's like, I got to talk to these people. And Mike's like, tells him to focus, right? Stay here, focus on your rebrand, right? This is what you want to do. You stay here. Don't focus on them. Focus on the rebrand. And we can DM everybody on Thursday, right? They're not going anywhere. So Mike leaves, Dave writes on a piece of paper, LeBron is listening, right? And then Dave gets a voicemail from Robin, which this makes my heart break. In addition to Allie crying, you see Robin, which this is something that I like, is something I've done. Robin left a voicemail on Dave's phone, which means that she called his phone after hearing that he's dead and she's leaving this voicemail on the phone to somebody that she thinks she's dead. And it's like there's this moment 
where you know almost like she's desperate for this to be like she's in denial of him being dead and she's crying it's like so sad right and i have done this right there was a woman that died on her way out when i lived in san diego and she lived in the desert and she was driving it's like two hour drive driving out to san diego we were going to be start dating potentially right we became friends she got out of a relationship and then shortly after that we started talking back and forth and she was coming out to for us to start spending time together to see what would happen right and it was myspace era and we you know we'd gone back and forth we started out as friends and it was like we're this is the moment we're going to take this to the next level right and she died driving out to see me is an insane like it's a situation that's almost impossible for me to explain to people the emotions you have in that very unique situation and after i found out i made a call very much like this where i was crying leaving a message on her phone and begging her to answer the phone it's like please be alive please get this message and call me back so when when robin leaves that kind of message on i'm like my heart is breaking and it's just like i like this is like oh man he has to he has to you, you have to tell her i'm surprised he didn't tell her like they're telling important people in their lives she's clearly somebody he liked and kept in contact with but so it's like there's this sinking feeling of like oh this is you're doing the wrong thing and it just it broke me while watching this cut to mike on the phone right he wants to get more radio plays right he wants with this idea trying to get things to number one he's like we need more radio plays that's why he left the room and now he's on a payphone, calling the label pretending to be dave and mike's lawyer doing some voice putting on some voice trying to get more radio plays like well i think they would have wanted some radio plays on this thing or whatever meanwhile out of the darkness it is nighttime they're at a random motel out of the darkness you see this guy slowly walking towards mike you see that it's the server you see that he's got the headphones in his hand and it's creepy right this is like we are not done with the horror show that was last episode we have this moment where this guy is in the creepiest scariest way slowly walking towards mike as mike's trying to put on this this act and then mike gets off the phone right? he's like oh, i gotta go take a sorry i don't take care of something i'll talk to you later right hangs up the phone and the guy so creepy hands mike the headphones and asks what ld stands for and mike's like oh it's landon donovan a professional soccer player which i don't know if there is i assume i assume if you're gonna lie grabbing for a real lie Landon Donovan, a soccer player, right? And the server dude, in a very creepy way, starts doing the U.S. USA, USA. Like he said, Landon Donovan plays a, on a you know professional soccer team in America, and it's USA, USA, in a very calm voice. Which the chanting of USA, when that was popular around the Trump election presidency time always had a very offensive undertone to it it's a very nationalistic kind of a it almost felt hateful listening to people and especially the types of people who would chant usa so when he's doing it with a very calm voice very disturbing he turns around and runs away which doesn't help the creepy factor as this guy walked up out of nowhere, out of the darkness, hands the phone, and then does this thing, and then runs away. Right? This this episode just dipping back into that horror vibes of the last episode. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking to add some unique and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor. That's me. These abstract paintings on paper explore the endless possibilities of the human face. 
capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Now you can bring these stunning and thought-provoking pieces into your own space with high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring designs from the Many Faces series, or take home a one-of-a-kind original piece for your collection. Don't miss out on this opportunity to add some original and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com to browse and purchase original artworks, prints, and t-shirts from the Many Faces series today. And now, back to the show! But then cut to Dave, still in the room. Now he's having a conversation with Anne Frank. He's visualizing Anne Frank, right, talking to her about uh, Machine Gun Kelly, who says he's sorry about Germany. And he's like, does he think that we had a thing in Germany or is he apologizing for the Holocaust, right? And then Anne Frank notices Dave's note on the table saying that LeBron's listening. She's like, is LeBron a Nazi? Is he spying on you? And Dave's like, no, he's trying to, you know, tell her explain to her what who what lebron james who lebron james is right he's like he's a good guy right and then he tries to ex explain like what following means on twitter right? he's like oh he's following he's not like stalking me it's like a thing and then he's like trying to explain what the internet is and how smartphones work right to this hallucination of anne frank v hilarious kind of moment right then of course it cuts he cuts her off like she's starts to talk about her experience hiding from the nazis and he cuts her off and then dave starts talking going on and on about lebron unfollowing him like he can unfollow dave at any moment right dave doesn't want to hear about Anne franks he just wants to tell her about how he feels like he's trying to relate to her even when mike left he like i'm are we gonna leave me here in this motel room like Anne frank i just gotta hide out Right. Because, of course, Dave, he's always like comparing himself to the most ridiculous situations. And it's funny how even Dave in his imagination, he's not open to other people's thoughts or opinions. Right. He's completely oblivious to it. And Dave goes on complaining about cancel culture and why Fr Anne Frank is while he's talking about cancel culture and Frank is just kind of exploring the room. Right. Seeing the fast food cup, the flat screen TV, the coffee maker. And then she mentions that uh, she died in a concentration camp. And Dave kind of relates that to cancel culture. Uh, he, he says cancel culture is a kind of torture, which I think is I think is true. I think that's what a lot of celebrities, especially the ones that complain about cancel culture. They think it's 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 a form of torture, which is ridiculous. Right. Being held accountable for your actions. It's not torture. It's it's just being held accountable. You know, when in the past, celebrities and public figures could get away with doing some of the most evil things, as we're seeing the former president kind of being confronted with. You can't anymore. And Dave gets an update that four songs, four of his songs were just added to rap caviar. And then he mentions how many new listeners that's going to give him and Anne frank is like ask how many listeners is enough for him right she points out that more listeners leads to more scrutiny and that's what he doesn't want right you don't want more popularity the more you're going to be scrutinized and you don't that's what you don't want you don't want to be scrutinized anymore right and then dave asks her how she dealt with the scrutiny of her diary right and of course, Anne Frank isn't aware of her diary being published and literally read by everyone up until current times where Republicans are banning all kinds of books that are anti-fascist, right? I wouldn't be surprised if the diary of Anne Frank is one of the many books that are being banned in all these red states that are eliminating public education, eliminating libraries, eliminating books. And then she starts having a panic attack, flips out when she finds out that her dad published her diary, right? Acting like how any kid would act if they found out their dad published their private diary. And just then Mike comes back in and Aunt, like hearing Mike 
you know, rustle the keys, trying to unlock the door and runs and hides inside the closet. Right. Cause she's thinks, you know, a Nazi's coming. Mike comes in and says that they should all go, right? We can't stay here. Right. He says, L's is over it. Mike says like he almost keyed Mike almost keyed a man in the face. Who knows what that is? Gata. He says, Gata's ramping up real bad. Uh, and then Mike bought a van. And it's like, what? You bought a van? And he's like, we got to control the narrative. So Dave leaves, grabs some things, right? And then Ann says goodbye with a dance because he had a shirt on, the you know the whip dance. And she kind of does the, the uh, dance move at Dave to say goodbye, which is funny. Comes back later as a little callback, which is funny. Watching Anne Frank do the, the dance. Uh, cut to the gang on the road. They're in a van. Mike's driving. Dave's shit, sitting shotgun. Everybody else is passed out. Uh, and he gets a note. Mike gets a notification on his phone. Dave ends up looking at the notification for him because he's driving. Uh, and it's Mike's brother. And it's about their dad. And Mike tells Dave about his dad having Alzheimer's. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a recent development. Dave apologizes and Mike tells him, right, the plan was to get him into an assisted living facility after the whole tour is over. And now that the tour is over, that's what he's going. You know, then he mentions, you know, he's never going to his dad's never going to remember being emotionally abusive, but he'll never forget to call him a failure when he sees his face. Right. Which is just sad. It's very sad. And also. One reason I'm sure why Mike is so passionate about making everything work, right? He's trying to prove his dad wrong on some level that he can make everything work and uh, probably why he's still stressed out about this whole change that's happening. Then Mike tells Dave, right, they're 48 hours from everything happening for him, right? Then tells Dave to read the Destiny Manifesto that he sent to Mike after he uploaded his first video, right? Meanwhile, Emma wakes up, right? And uh, it seems like there's a car following them. It ends up turning into nothing. I was like, oh, they're going to get pulled over by the police. And this is like I'm constantly throughout this episode waiting for them to be exposed. But the car that's following behind them means nothing, ends up being nothing. Emma wakes up and she starts recording Dave, who is about to start reading this manifesto that he sent Mike. And he does. He reads, Little Dicky isn't just my rap name. It's my actual destiny. I'm taking my biggest insecurity, in parentheses, my penis, and turning it into my biggest superpower. I'm sick of seeing people pretend to be one thing even when they're not. That's not little Dicky, And I will never change who I am just to be successful. I'm doing this for everyone out there who believes they can do something the right way. I will always hold up my end of the bargain. I will, take, I will never take shortcuts. I will never sell my soul. I don't care how long it takes or how hard it gets. I will not stop because that is my responsibility. And whatever happens, I can accept that because that is my destiny. Today is the day that I am reborn and Lil Dicky will live forever. Right? Everything he said in there is exactly what he's doing right now. Taking shortcuts, eliminating Lil Dicky, uh, not holding up his end of the responsibility by cutting his tour short. Right. But also very inspirational. They have inspirational music playing, which, you know, Dave says he wa doesn't want to get to number one like this. And while he's reading it, there's like cuts of Dave, which I, at first when you see it, you don't know if it's him in his imagination or it's him. Part partly seemed like it was him when he first wrote that. But we find out we're seeing Dave kind of walking through this quad at like a college, it seems like. And there's like a bunch of kids, you know, going around to different cloud, whatever, whatever. And he's just walking through this crowd, takes off his hoodie. And it's like part of it was like, is this before he started everything? Is this after he wrote the manifesto? Is this in his imagination? Because there's inspirational music. But then we see him go and he just like sits down. 
and just kind of waits. And eventually there's a guy who is walking by who recognizes little Dicky, right? And says like, I thought you were dead, right? And Day's like, no, I'm alive. And then he asks if he can get a, a selfie with him. And then more people notice, more people come over, ends up being a swarm of people, right? And the music, right, went from being very inspirational while Dave was reading the thing. And then as people realize he's still alive and the crowd starts to form, it becomes more tense, the music. Like uh, like the the horror of the the situation is back. Like, oh, this is not what I liked. But in the crowd of people, this swarm of people that are around him, he sees Anne Frank, who does the dance move at, at Dave, and which, of course, it's just all in Dave's head. And Dave does it back, and when he does it back, everybody surrounding him cheers, right? And then the song plays, I Feel Brand New, and that's the end of the episode. And so maybe they got away with it. It could still blow up in their face in the next episode. Who knows what, like, it's, it seems like maybe he finished the tour. Like, after he reading, reading that and saying, like, I can't go out like this, I assume he finished the tour because that would be him holding up his end of the responsibility, like he said, in his manifesto. He's probably not going to rebrand. Wouldn't be surprised if he ch just changes his style. That You don't have to rebrand to change your style necessarily. I mean, look at Post Malone, who has like changed genres of music and all that. So maybe they got away with it, right? So maybe no rebrand, right? And after reading his manifesto, he realized his intended mission as an artist, right? He realized that he, how he wants to get to number one would, you know, wanting to get to number one in the right way, instead of using this gimmick or fraud, you know, get there fraudulently. So I think they'll be back on tour. And there's what I noticed in this episode, also noticeable in the, last episode the use of score in these episodes in a way to like highlight the emotions of a scene used far more when he's the motivational music while he's reading the manifesto i don't remember this show using score in that way to highlight tone or emotion in a scene in the same way that it's so noticeable in these episodes i don't know if it's noticeable necessarily like in a bad way but it's noticeable right last episode there was a lot of hitchcock like vibes to it and a very you know very hitchcockian kind of a situation in some ways so who knows it's it, just something i noticed after this episode and we got to see some of the doc that emma's making uh, or at least some of the footage anyway with Dave's voiceover, which who knows if that was actually voiceover, or just him kind of talking as either way. I hope we get to see more of it, right? I have a feeling it's going to be great, probably going to be very inspirational, right? Overcoming adversity and doubt and all these things, especially as what we've seen, the the story of this tour that he's going on, how it started off being this this thing that he expected to be this great thing and then having second doubts and then him going back on tour right that kind of fall and rise again overcoming so and uh the stress that i had of everything blowing up was unrealized nothing ever happened maybe it will come back to haunt them like i also expected that fan who made the concrete head of dave i thought that would come back to haunt them who knows who knows Maybe they will both come back to haunt them. Maybe this will end in the same way Seinfeld ended, where all of their past transgressions come back to haunt them. Maybe that will be what happens with Dave, where all of his past transgressions come back to haunt him. Who knows? Because there's been other Seinfeld similarities. The whole him finding small faults in people, which is something that, that 
George and Seinfeld shared as far as finding small imperfections in people as a reason to dump them. Uh, Dave not liking people who think that they, they can dance, but really they can't, which Elaine Bettis is character had no idea she was unable to dance she thought she was a great dancer so there's other similarities so i wouldn't be that surprised if this show at the end of the season turned into this kind of seinfeld being faced with all of your 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 past the skeletons of your past who knows right but there was also a similar type of moment in the last season when he was at rick rubin's place having his ego death right where he's confronted with all the you know like the the intern that got stuck in in korea and all these things so it was kind of a similar scene moment in the last season as well but either way this was a great episode right i like the addition of Anne frank right it, it gives dave a, a person to to bounce off of and try to compare his struggles with next episode episode seven of season three is called Rebirthday. Dave's got a new lease on life, a new house, and a new house guest. But his friends have other plans. Right? Is this the part of the tour? Right? Is this post-tour? Like, are we jumping ahead? I don't know. Uh, was the tour canceled? I don't know. We'll see. It's clearly they're no longer on tour if he's got this new house. I'm assuming either it was canceled or it's just like, oh, now we're done with the tour back in LA the success of the streams allow him to buy this house and we'll see who's living with him we'll see how that I'm excited to see what happens in the next episode uh, but that is a wrap for this episode of the Dave recap podcast for today thank you for tuning in make sure you come back next Tuesday for more laughs insights and opinions on the awesome show and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder if you're watching this. Until then, I'm Ray Taylor reminding you to keep it real, keep it funny, and keep watching Dave. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.